Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the MOP Voice. We thank you for tuning in. Today, we're so excited to have Pastor Jesse Garcia with us from San Marcos, Texas, where he serves as a pastor uh, for the last seven years in that city. He also serves as the Central Texas District Treasurer, and he is the husband to Erica and their three kids, Sophia, JJ, and Mariah. Pastor Jesse, we're, we're so glad to have you here today. Why don't you take a moment to greet our listeners? Uh, welcome, everyone. It's good to be here, to be able to enjoy this moment, this time. Uh, I'm excited to uh, speak on the subject we're going to be speaking about today, so I hope this can be a blessing to all those that are listening to us today. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much once again, Pastor Jesse, for being with us. So today, the topic that we have for our listeners is we're going to be discussing spiritual gifts. Now, I feel this is so important, especially as a church, we're called to operate within that. And so I feel like a lot of times we have this mentality that there's this glass ceiling and how we operate and what God has empowered us to do. And so is there more to receiving the Holy Ghost? Has God called us to operate in the gifts that come from the Holy Ghost and what he has already empowered us to do? Amen. So, you know, in what we call theology proper and systematic theology, the Holy Spirit is operating in us as believers in two general ways. One of that is general operations and special operations of the Holy Spirit. What I mean by general is something where it is the Holy Spirit that moves over our lives, that draws us to God. So every believer, every young man, every young lady, every saint that comes to God is first operated upon by the Holy Spirit, which draws the individual. No man can come to God unless the Spirit of God draws that person in. Mm -hmm. So therefore, every person that has ever come to Christ, will come to Christ, has come to Christ, is already being operated on by the Holy Spirit without their knowledge, even at times. It is no coincidence that all of a sudden you feel a desire to come into the presence of God. All of a sudden there's a hunger. All of a sudden there's, you may be caught up in your drug addiction and your sin and your uh, failures or whatever it may be, even sitting there uh, with, uh, with a bottle of alcohol and yet the Holy Spirit begins to operate, which is an interesting thing because one would say, well, can the Holy Spirit move in such an environment Yes, it can. Mm -hmm. uh, God moves in those environments, draws the sinner out, and begins to bring them unto salvation. Then we have the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, which is to make the believer born again, which is baptizing the believer into the body of Christ. So what that looks like is a, a young man, a young lady, a saint coming to God, and they are born again. It's not, it, it's not just baptism, but in history, uh, John Wesley called it the... Um, the second blessing, which was misunderstood at that time as something that was uh, another work outside of the salvation of grace. But no, John Wesley was talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He read where uh, John says, he that comes after me shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so he said, there has to be an experience outside of just uh, regeneration through the baptismal waters. And so that happened. And of course, maybe those of historians that may, young people that study that may, uh, may read and understand that a lot of the uh, uh, restoration movement, which is what we are part of, restoring what the Acts Church had in the first generation church, 
A lot of that began uh, with in the 18th century again and began to be poured out. So then there's the general operation of the Holy Spirit, which we call it Pentecostalism. We're Pentecostals. We're filled with the Holy Ghost, the tongue talking, uh, mm -hmm. baptismal of the fire of the Holy Spirit. And then there is this more specific, more special operations of the spirit, which now where we are today and the question that you asked, which is, is there more? Is there more to just receiving the Holy Ghost? Is there more to just regeneration of the, of the soul of man? Well, we as Pentecostals believe as the first classical Pentecostal movement here, which is the assembly is since the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Azusa Street till today, we believe that with regeneration, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, also comes the indwelling of the Spirit of God, and with that, the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So when a believer is baptized by the Holy Spirit, he is no longer just infused with uh, the Spirit of God, no longer just indwelt with the Spirit of God, but also along with that indwelling comes the gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when a believer is baptized by the Holy Ghost, now, now within him, the gifts of God begin to operate. Sometimes we're not even aware of it. But yet, we've already been filled with the Spirit. So therefore, the next obvious conclusion will be, we have the gift, the gifts of the Spirit. So there is no believer that has been baptized with the Holy Spirit that does not have a gift. Mm -hmm. Now, whether we're aware of that or not, that is the question at hand. And so we, are, we may be walking around with the gifts that this church needs today, mm -hmm. and yet they're not in operation and so is there more? Yes, there's more. There's yeah. more than just speaking in tongues. Yeah. There's more than just uh, feeling goosebumps. There's more than just an experience that we had with the Lord in some service or some, uh, some special event. But there is the more. There's the operation of God, that special operation of the Spirit within us. Amen. And, and I, I really like how you said we, we, we have the Holy Ghost and we have those it's, it's not that you don't have those gifts. It's probably that you have not discovered them. And Paul lists the nine gifts, which are uh, the word of knowledge, the word of faith, the gifts of healing, gifts of miracle, prophecy, discernment of spirits, and also uh, diverse types of tongues and the discernment, I'm sorry, excuse me, the interpretation of tongues. Um, so we want to ask you, Pastor Jesse, what are the purpose of these gifts? Why did God give us spiritual gifts? That's an amazing question. So, the gifts of the Spirit, number one, I guess I would like to start off with a word of, uh, of caution. They are not for self-exaltation. They're yes. not for you to That's right. uh, enter into some platform and say, look at me. Right. You know, there's a book by T.F. Tenney, Bishop T.F. Tenney uh, wrote. Uh, some people may know who that is. Uh, a, a renowned uh, preacher from one of our sister organizations. But he, in his book called Some Things I Wish I Could Forget, in his very first chapter, his first chapter is called The Lucifer Spirit. And it impacts me because in that chapter, he talks about he has, he has never seen such a working of the spirit of Satan than in those that are talented and gifted. Mm -hmm. Because there is this spirit of self-engrandizement, self-exaltation, uh, to put oneself up in a pedestal 
And that, of course, is the folly of Satan since the beginning. The scripture says in Ezekiel that he, Satan, says, I will lift up my throne. I will uh, be lifted up higher than the heavens, higher than God. And so that spirit can fall into a believer. But get to back to the purpose of the gifts. The scripture tells us that the purpose of the gifts is for the edification of the church. Yep. That's right. So for the building up of the church. So the gift is not so somebody can get rich. Uh, somebody can call themselves uh, some kind of prophet or an apostle. And, 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 and I'm not trying to speak in the negative sense, but we see that now more and more people are, are pardon the term, but are prostituting the gifts of the spirit to gain money. I was hearing of a man the other day that uh, was calling himself a prophet, right? Used in prophecy. And he put a... Uh, uh, a mon- amount of money for him to go and preach. You know, I won't go and prophesy at your church unless you give me about three million or three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It's like, wait, wait, this isn't for sale. And so we first have to understand that in our time today, people are hungry for the manifestation of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. People are hungry for the move of God. That they're willing to go seek it anywhere that there is a move of God. And so now more than ever, the true apostolic believers have to show this is what the spirit looks like. This is what the gifts of the spirit look like. So what are they for? They're for the edification of the church, for the building up of the saints. Mm -hmm. There is no prophetic word that should be uttered, no tongue that should be interpreted, no healing that should be manifested, no uh, word of wisdom that should be given that does not produce in the church some growth. And I'm not talking about numerically. Yeah. I'm talking about maturity. Mm-hmm. When we talk about edifying of the church, we're not talking about numerically, though that comes with it, right? People love to see the operation of the gifts. Right. People came from everywhere to see Jesus heal. Yeah. Right. Uh, people came from everywhere to see Jesus uh, heal the sick, uh, open the blind eyes, resurrect Lazarus. I mean, they, they, there isn't a certain attraction. I mean, we can see it in the last few days, even now in these uh, the university revivals that are going on amongst young people and in the Asbury revivals in Kentucky uh, that are happening in these days. People are rushing from everywhere to go mm-hmm. see what is going on, what's happening. So right now, is when the true manifestation of the gifts need to be poured out. I think, mm-hmm. without a doubt, people will come to that. And also, we're talking about building up maturity. The word needs to come to build us up, to yes. make us strong, to make us firm. Mm-hmm. And so that is what the spirit and the gifts of the spirit are meant for. Amen. And when you're hit it right on the nail. The gifts of the spirit are for the edification of the church. And so I feel like a lot of times, Pastor Jesse, uh, even growing up, I remember having these moments myself where I would look at people operate in the gifts of the spirit and think, Maybe sometimes that's only for the so-called or the elect or the pastors and the preachers. But I want to ask you this. Are the gifts of the spirit available to anyone? Does anyone have access to the gifts or is there a certain elect for that? Mm, mm, That's good. That's a good question. The reality is, is that if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you have been filled with the power of God, the God himself has come to dwell within the tabernacle of flesh, which is your body, your mind, your heart, your soul. And so that believer 
has already within himself. If we read 1 Corinthians, the scripture says we have all been baptized by that one spirit. Given that spirit gives to us gifts, then we we must come to the conclusion that we all have access to that. We can all attain the manifestation of the gifts. Now, whether you have the gift of, 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 of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of healing, the gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues, uh, whatever those gifts are, it is, it is the spirit of God that will begin to move in your life. Now, how can we access that? Well, it's not as difficult as one may think. You know, you, some people think, well, here's the recipe. Pray about three hours a day, every day, fast like for eight days out of the month and seek God. And then you'll, no, no, no. The gifts of God are accessed by a heart that is willing to come to God and allow God to operate in them. Just simple as that. There's another scripture that the Apostle Paul uh, writes to us. He says, do not be drunk with wine as some have in excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So there is a certain aspect of allowing yourself to be moved by the Spirit of God and being sensitive to God. Now, how does that happen? That happens by a believer submitting to God. Yeah. Simply just submitting to the Lord and beginning to grow accustomed to God moving in your life. Uh, there's always this certain fear, like, okay, what? it's, it's me. God speaks to you and, and, and reveals something to you about someone, and you say, is it me? Yeah. Or is it God? Uh-huh. Well, maybe it's just my flesh. You know, maybe it's just m- my thoughts. Well, maybe it's the Spirit of God revealing something to you. Yeah. Maybe it's the Spirit of God showing you these things. And so you, you struggle, as believers, we struggle to believe that God has really, really given us this. And then also the thought of, am I even worthy enough to have something like this? Mm. Am I good enough? Have, have I earned it enough? Have I prayed enough? But wait a minute. Did you earn the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Did you work to receive the Holy right. Spirit? Or was it given to you by grace? Amen. And then we, then we switch the whole gospel and turn it upside down on its head. And now instead of being saved by grace, now we're saved by everything we do and earn. But no, it's not that way. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's another gospel, if there is another gospel. Amen. And you know, you mentioned something so powerful right now, and I want to touch on it. You said a lot of times when we are called to operate in these gifts, we question ourselves sometimes and feel, well, am I even worthy of this? If we base everything off of worthiness, mm-hmm. then that cancels the cross. Exactly. Because it's because we're not worthy that it's called grace. Mm. It's because we didn't deserve it that it's called grace. That's exactly. what makes God's love and God's grace so amazing. Right. And I believe God God is so detailed in everything he does. The the fact that he calls it gifts of the spirit, it's not something you earned. A lot of times you give someone a gift because you just love them. That's right. You're just trying to show them your appreciation. God's just, we don't deserve it, but he's trying to show us and give us something that, hey, it's for the edification of my church, but it's not based off of worthiness. Exactly. You know, and so just being able to operate in these gifts of the spirit, it's really a gift from God. And we ought to not base it off. Of course, we're called to holiness. We're called to live a holy life that is separate, but not basing it off of this mentality. Are we worthy? Are we not? Because if we think like that, then we classify the cross on some sort of exemption, whether we're worthy or not. So exactly. let's start at the foundation of the cross. Let me let me be a little controversial for a second. All right. And, and not because I, I want to cause some kind of uh, doubt amongst those that may be hearing. But how is it that those that may not live right, that there can be a preacher that may be getting drunk at night 
and yet stand behind the pulpit and God gives them words of knowledge and mm-hmm. wisdom. And God uses them to heal. And then all of a sudden it comes out that this person was committing some kind of immoral, immoral act. And you say, but God used him. Mm. But God poured out, uh, uh, out through him. What happened? Well, what happened is exactly what you just mentioned. He's a God of grace. Yes. I mean, even in the, in, in the, in the gospels, Jesus himself said that in that day, many will say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do this and that? And they talk about the operation of the gifts. And these are people that God will say, depart from me, doers of iniquity. Mm-hmm. I know you not. In Deuteronomy 13, God himself says, I'm going to send false prophets to the church or to the people of God. And he says, they're going to perform miracles. They're going to perform signs and wonders. And I'm going to allow them to do that. I'm going to give them that grace to do that. But it's all to test you. It's only a test to see how much you really love the truth of God. Mm. And so we cannot be sign followers. We cannot be gift followers. We have to be gospel word of God followers, the truth followers. Yeah. And that truth is exactly what you said with the apostle Paul says, I, he said it, it with all his heart. I can imagine him lifting his voice. I say to know no one else, mm-hmm. nothing else except Christ and him crucified. I want to know yep. the grace of God. And if the gifts follow me, praise the Lord for that. But at the end, it's about that. It's about the grace that God had upon us and the mercy he showed upon us at the cross. So we as believers, if God can use sinful men mm-hmm. to operate, if God can use Samson, a young man that just had a lustful spirit on him, you know, how much more can he not use a, a, a sister that's living in holiness, that's mm. trying to serve oh, the yes. Lord with all? How much more he, can he use a, a, a young man that's, that's trying to serve God and, and is praying and seeking the Lord? And you say, well, can God use you? Of course he can use Amen. you. He can use you if you seek him. And he will manifest himself. Yeah. I, I think that we have to break this thought in our mind, this, this, this paradigm, if you will, that it's only for the elect, that it's only for the, 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 the few chosen ones. It's, uh, it's only for them. No, it's not. It's for the whole entire body of Christ. It's for every one of us. Yeah. And I definitely agree that it's important. It's such an important factor to seek the gifts because Paul tells us to earnestly seek the gifts of the spirit. And with that being said, Pastor Jesse, we want to ask you, how do you know what gift you operate in? Because, um, you know, some say that the cer- certain spiritual gifts um, kind of overlap with certain personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be more, uh, you know, outspoken if you have the gift of, of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it depends on, 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 on what your personality is. What, what would you say is a good advice for someone that wants to know what gift they have? Or maybe you could even share an experience with us. Right, right. So I think that the Bible teaches us that the Spirit of God begins to move in every believer and begins to manifest that gifting through the urging and the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Now, those are more simplified words, but let me put it in biblical terms. The Bible says that God gives us the will and the to-do. He gives us the ability to to will that, and also he gives us the ability to perform that. So to every person that's looking, okay, what what is my gift? What am I called to do? What, what is God wanting to use me as? I think he begins to put that seed of desire yes. in that area. Mm-hmm. That the desire didn't come from no one else but God. 
The desire didn't come from, no. Now, now we're not talking about the desire to stand on a platform and preach. Yeah. No, no, no. We're talking about the desire for the gift, like you mentioned, the gift of faith. It may not even be such a glamorous gift, but it is an extraordinary measure of faith on a believer. It may not be uh, preaching in front of crowds, but it may be the gift of wisdom, of, of knowledge that God mm -hmm. gives you that revelation and speaks to a person. I have a, I have a sister at my church, tremendous sister, uh, didn't grow up in the apostolic movement, but God touched her. She, she asked me, Pastor, I, I just have this desire at times during service. It's like God just puts in me this word that I got to speak. And I said, well, sister, you come and tell me. Come talk to me when you feel that. And it is God moving. And lately I've, I've seen her growing more bold. And, and sometimes, you know, the spirit of God is just pouring out. And she'll come up quietly to me up in the service and she'll say, Pastor, the spirit of the Lord is telling me this, this and that. Yes. And I said, amen. Well, let me go grab the mic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you always know when it's the spirit of God because the spirit of God is always subject to the prophet or That's right. the authority. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and the sister, the sister in, in particular, she she has this gifting, the gift of of, of wisdom. Uh, and, and, and yet it seems like. She won't overstep and try to say, well, give me the mic now here real quick. Let me just speak with thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's let me go to my leader. Let my leader speak it. And, and, and then I get up there and I say, this is what the spirit of God is saying. No, I'm not taking credit. I'm simply saying what God is speaking. And there is just this connection with the Holy Spirit yeah. and the outpouring of God. Any person that is being led by the Spirit of God will always submit to the leadership in the church. That's right. God's a God of order and not a God Amen. of confusion. And if we read these chapters of chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, Paul in chapter 14 is trying to tell the Corinthians, hey, y'all, I know y'all are uh, enjoying the gifts of the Spirit and everything is great. I had my little Texas accent there. Hey, y'all. <laughs> but uh, God is a God of order. Yes. And you all can't just stand up and start prophesying here and prophesying there and interpreting tongues here y'all are y'all are ruining the service there's an order to this and so most definitely we we see that those are some of the ways that we can tell okay god what is my gifting god puts that desire in you for that gifting and god begins to equip you and use you but you have to be willing to step out of faith believe that god is truly giving you that there may be a time where you're hearing somebody speak in tongues and all of a sudden God begins to give you the interpretation of that, that tongue. And you say, is that just me? Is it me? Yeah. No, it's not you. It is God moving through Amen. you. Speak, let God use you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree because when it comes to certain gifts, for example, the word of, uh, word of knowledge, you know, the Lord might reveal to you something about a certain person and it's important to operate out of love, but also be submitted to your authority. Right. Right. You can't outrank your pastor and go up to that person. Of course. You need to, the Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Right. And so I, I definitely agree that it's it's so important to to be submitted and also be operating from a place of love. Amen. And we were actually discussing that right before this podcast. I believe love is just that glue that just allows the gifts to flow. And it's right. coming from a place, even Paul said, you know, the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is charity, charity. translated into love. And so when you operate in the gifts of the spirit, I, I love this person that I, I am going to go and let them know something that God told me. 
And if you look at it from the perspective of if you choose to operate out of a place that's not from love, it's selfish, it's prideful. And why would God reveal to you secrets when it's going to be projected in a way that doesn't reflect his heart? But I believe when you operate from a place of love, God will use you. God Mm -hmm. will use you when you're earnestly asking for those gifts. I love them that I'm going to go and and speak faith over them. I love them that I'm going to go give them this word that God is uh, putting in my heart, a place of love. And it even says, in scripture, Jesus was moved by compassion. That's right. When we are moved by compassion for the people, I believe what God will continue to entrust us with the gifts exactly. because the gifts, you know, yes, it's, it's God operating, but it's also a lot of times God's secret. We wouldn't know that if the Holy Spirit was not revealing exactly. it to us. Exactly. So if we can continue to operate in love, I believe God will fully continue to entrust us exactly. with the gifts of the spirit because we love God that's why we love the church exactly. and the gifts of the spirit are for the edification of the church. Most definitely. We see that, that always throughout scripture, even in the most uh, extreme cases where we see uh, God beginning to reveal to the apostle Peter in the book of Acts, when uh, Ananias and Sapphira have deceived, not mm-hmm. the people, but they deceived God. And here is the apostle Peter saying, you have not lied to me. You have lied to God and they die. Mm -hmm. Interesting because many people would say, how would the God of love do that? Mm -hmm. Well, the God of love would do that because the God of love loves his truth. Yes. The God of love loves whom he is himself before God ever loved anyone else. He loved himself. And so that is the truth. There is no lie and no deception in God. And so here we see, uh, with God, you cannot mess around. You cannot yes. play. You, your gifting and the gift that God has given you must come a place from a place of love, yes. of charity, as the, the Apostle Paul says in chapter 13. Amen. God gave you that gift. Give it back to him. Come on. You know, step into that realm with with the Holy Spirit authority that God's given you. But it is all for his honor and glory for the edification of the church. That's exactly right. Well, Pastor Jesse, as we wrap up this episode, we want to thank you so much for being a part of this episode. We pray that this brought clarity to someone that is maybe asking themselves, can I operate in the gifts of the spirit? How do I go about it? And we pray that this is a blessing to anyone that is listening to this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and look forward to a new episode coming out once every month and God bless you all.